everyone, and welcome back to the Streaming Science Podcast. Streaming Science is a student-driven program that works to connect you with scientists to learn how science impacts us all in our everyday lives. I'm Lauren Boyette, a fourth-year agricultural education and communications student at the University of Florida, and I'm your host. You're currently listening to an episode from our series titled AI in Action, where we explore scientists' current research and how AI is changing the nature of science. AI development is said to be the fourth industrial revolution. The research explored in this series spans disciplines from data science to health to cybersecurity to agriculture and more. AI is used with crops, cattle, pesticides, citrus, pigs, and beyond to increase efficiency and data accessibility. The following episode was made in partnership with the University of Florida Department of Agricultural Education and Communication, the UF IFAS Dean of Research Office, and UF's AI Strategic Initiative. In the following interview, I spoke with Allison Wu, a fourth-year computer science and engineering student here at UF. We discussed her experience with the Florida Hacks competition and what her plans are for using the supercomputer on campus. Through this podcast, I hope you gain insight into Allison's experience, the role of AI in research and industry, and an overall sense of how scientists are moving forward to create new and unique solutions to address current global issues. Now let's get started. Um. So do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, I know a little bit from our previous discussions, but. Yeah, I can do that. Um, So I was born in Temple, Texas, and I was raised in Sacramento, California. And presently, um, I'm from Tampa, Florida, but I'm living in Gainesville, going to school at the University of Florida. Um, I am going to be graduating this semester with a computer science major and a statistics minor. Like, what initially got you interested in doing, like, computer science and, like, that aspect? Like, how did you Mm -hmm. decide that that's what you wanted to do, like, school-wise and stuff? Um, I would say growing up, I've always been a very methodical person. You know, I kind of had this, like, list of jobs I was interested in, like, throughout my whole entire life. And I was, like, slowly, like, Xing out, like, which ones I didn't want to do. And eventually, when I was in my junior year of high school, I took a programming class pretty randomly, honestly. And I realized that I really liked it. (laughs) And that's when computer science just shot to the top of the list. I was like, you know what? I really like this. I think that's like a good future for me. I think it's like a two-part question, which we can start with like, what's the demographic breakdown of being like in a hackathon? Are there a lot of like women who compete or is it like mostly men and like how is that experience so for swamp hacks which is a couple of years ago it's actually relatively diverse i found but i've also found that uf is pretty good about um you know the split of women and men in computer science in general i've noticed in my classes as a computer science student um so swamp hacks i think is is pretty good i don't know what the exact breakdown is like we don't have mm-hmm. i don't have an exact number but just like off the top of my head i feel like it's like 35%, 40%, which is pretty good for the field. Mm-hmm. Like I know certain majors in engineering are like, oh yeah, we're proud. We have 12%. It's like, that's terrible. <laughs> that's really not diverse. Um, but for this hackathon, I'm not 100% sure because it was virtual. Uh-huh. So all I can really work off of are the names that I kind of saw popping up in Slack. And based off of that, I didn't see another girl. But um like I said, there's only like, I only saw like maybe 20 people. So it's a very small subset of the like 1000 participants of the hackathon. So I'm not sure about general hackathons, but Swamp Hacks was quite diverse. Okay. And so what advice would you have to somebody 
who's looking to be like get into computer science or in like the STEM engineering or like that type of field, who's a woman who's kind of like, I'm not sure because of what the stigma that they've heard. Right. I think they should just go for it. I think um, they should really just be confident in their choice because they have a. They should know that they have a very valuable perspective that's important and should be heard. Um, and I do. I do think the field is getting better. It is getting um, you know more fifty fifty. Um, yeah, I think it's a good time to get into the field, whether or not you're you're a guy or a girl. <laughs> Could you explain what a hackathon is and kind of like what the process of a hackathon? Because I know with like mm-hmm. hacking, there's like the connotation that it's like negative. But oh, so yeah. like, <laughs> could you kind of explain that process? Sure, I could do that. Um, so from my perspective, um, there's a lot of different hackathons, right? And everyone is uh, slightly different, but it boils down really to it being like a competition involved with like software engineering. Um, specifically, people who might participate in a hackathon are usually um, people who program uh, or maybe do like design or digital art, graphic design, stuff like that. Um, and really, it's just people come together, they join teams, they can go solo and they sit down and they are proposed a problem and they just create a solution to some sort of problem that exists and they just end up competing with each other to see who has like the best project or solution. Um, and yeah, there's like rankings, people win certain prizes and different themes and stuff. And so could you explain like your experience with the hackathon and the, it was, was it the Florida Hacks competition is the right Yeah, it was one? called the uh, Florida Hacks with IBM. Okay. Um, so that was like a UF and IBM sponsored hackathon. Or I guess more accurately, it's an IBM sponsored hackathon um, that uh, UF like advertised. Um, but yeah, I can talk a little bit about that. That one was a little different because usually hackathons only last like a certain, like one weekend, one day, a very short period of time. And um this one was different in that it was pretty much over the whole entire semester. It was like a two, three months uh, long commitment. Um, and because of that, the scale of the project was a lot uh, bigger than um, I've like witnessed from other hackathons. Um, so it was also completely virtual. Um, I never really saw my teammates that much besides, you know, a few times in the beginning of the semester in person. And this hackathon's theme was sustainability. So specifically everyone participating in the hackathon was trying to create a solution to some sort of sustainability themed like uh, issue. Um, I think there were like six challenge statements in all. So the overall theme was sustainability and the six challenge statements were like like power consumption and like um, dealing with like fisheries or something of the sort um, and just stuff like that. And my team specifically went for the challenge statement regarding power consumption. So we were trying to fix some sort of issue in that area. What was the project that you guys decided on and like worked on? Um, so our project was like, a research slash like data data analytics project um and it ended up being like the final product was a website but the contents of the website were research oriented and it was about sort of like assessing the potential of um, using florida gulf stream as an energy source so that's a perpetual energy source meaning that it's always going 24 7 um but we don't really use that at the moment. It's just like a sort, like a current that's just always flowing mm-hmm. that literally no one is using right now. So we were thinking like, 
what if we just put like turbines in the water? How much like energy could that generate? Like how much like carbon dioxide would that offset? Um, so that was just the research that we did throughout the semester. Um, and uh, yeah. Could you explain a little bit of where, how you guys got to that? idea of that's what the project wanted to be. Yeah, absolutely. So that was really um, because of one of my teammates, Katie Lara. Um, she previously has had internship experience working on the CVAL project in um, Virginia, which is, uh, that stands for Coastal Virginia Offshore Wind. And that is like this huge like wind turbine project where they're just putting like, like 170-ish wind turbines off the coast of Virginia to generate like uh, a lot of energy. I think it was like enough energy for like 600,000 ish homes. Um, and yeah, that was a really cool experience for her. And when we were kind of just like spitballing ideas for our project, that was the one that stood out, um, the most to us because, um, she proposed the, the tidal power, uh, project to us. And that one was the most unique as well as like innovative. And, um, first like real completed hackathon where I actually submitted a project okay and like what was the time commitment for that because it was like over the course of a yeah. semester um the time commitment it really varied we definitely met weekly um I would say time commitment was probably about like five hours a week not something like too crazy I wouldn't call it like a part-time job but it was an extracurricular um give or take a couple hours and uh, near the end um, I know I put in a lot of extra time just because we were having technical difficulties. So there were a couple, there were a couple of weeks where I put in like 15, 20 hours. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that was the time commitment from my perspective. I'm not hundred percent sure about my teammates. Okay. And like, what type of technical difficulties were you guys having? Like towards the end, was it like the website wasn't running or uh we so the website was working fine locally on my computer mm -hmm. which means you know it's not actually available to like if you go to like www blah 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 right like a public url uh, i was having issues deploying the actual project to a public url um because i was not familiar with the technologies we were using because one of the requirements for this hackathon was that we would use IBM technologies and they introduced us to their like like IBM cloud technologies so I had it was just a learning curve of me trying to understand how to use all their resources on there like what was something that surprised you um I'd say two things the first is the prize pool because I I've only really seen like university sponsored hackathons which usually you know first place might get like a switch, like everybody gets a switch. So I was sort of expecting a prize more like the 1000 per person type mm -hmm. for first place. Um, so <laughs> the first place for this one was like $30,000 and access to a, a supercomputer, which is just insane. I think we would have like participated either way if the prize pool was smaller, just because we were all interested in the topic itself, sustainability. Um, but that was one thing that really surprised us. Um, and then the second thing that I would say surprised me about this hackathon was winning. <laughs> I think no one in our team really expected us to win. The fact that we were even top three, which they did notify uh, notify us beforehand of, um, was insane. We were like, no way. We're top three. And then when they were actually listing off who was like third, second, first, once um, they listed third, which wasn't us, we were like, oh, my God, you're second place. <laughs> and then they like they went and they were like, OK, now second place, this team. And we're like, are we first? And we like all went like insane over that. We were just like on FaceTime, like, there's no way. <laughs> so what are you going to use the supercomputer for? 
Yeah. So once I heard we were top three, I knew we had access to the supercomputer because all the top three teams get that. Um, and I immediately was thinking like, I might never get the chance to use a supercomputer again. So I was thinking of things or projects that would require or, you know, take advantage of the fact that you have supercomputer resources. Um, and I remember talking to my family about uh, perhaps making like a machine learning model on radiology scans. Um, everyone in my family is medical, except me. I'm sort of the black sheep of the family in that sense. Um, you know, both my parents uh, have MDs. My mom has a PhD as well. My brother has an MD. Specifically, my brother is going into radiology. So, and he's also kind of on the techie side. Like he's a total nerd about that stuff. So we've talked about this before. And I was like, you know, I may as well just try and make a machine learning model on radiology scans while I can. Um, so that's really what it is. I found a, a really nice data set um, specifically on breast cancer, like mammogram scans. Um, so I'm currently in the midst of trying to figure that out and trying to see like how accurate I can get a machine learning model. Um, a lot of the issues with machine learning models is the data that we're working with is like highly complex. It's stuff that like most people don't understand in a lot of different scenarios. And radiology is very hard to understand as someone has, who has like no background in medicine. Like I look at that and I'm like, I don't know what that is. And just looking through like the websites of the data sets, like, I'm so confused about everything that's there. So that's what I have my brother for. <laughs> I call him and I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> like, how can I actually use this for my, for my case? Okay. So that, that's another reason is uh, I have my brother's help. <laughs> okay. And so what is your like short-term goals with this project and then like long-term goals? Uh, I don't think I have any long-term goals with it just because I won't have access to the super computer anymore. Okay. Um, I guess just, just thinking about it, my, my short-term goals for sure are to just get the model working because actually like 75% of the process is really cleaning up the data and setting it up for machine learning training. Once I actually get the data ready, machine learning training is just like, like two lines of code. It's actually really easy to initiate that. So my short-term goal is to actually get the, uh, to the training point and then really just uh, improving the accuracy of the identification, um, I guess, skill as much as I can. Um, and then I guess long-term goal, if I do feel like this is a success, I want to like export the model so that I can like use it on my own computer or I can like just publish it online or something like that rather than just like keep it on the supercomputer where I'll lose access to it in like two months. <laughs> okay. How is that different from using like just, I would say like just Google or like yeah, your regular interface on a... Um, well, one thing that kind of sucks about it is it's mainly through like a command line interface. So it's just a text interface and I'm typing into it and it's responding back to me. Um, so it's a little less pretty than I'd expect. Um, although there are some like visual interface, uh, I guess, accommodations that they have. Um, uh, something that's definitely different about the supercomputer is just the pure amount of resources it has that really makes it a supercomputer. Um, for example, I, I told some of the, I guess, like staff in charge of the computer what my uh, case was, like what I wanted to use the supercomputer for, and they allocated me a specific amount of resources they thought would fit my project because there's so many resources and we can't just let every single like user have full access to all of them because mm -hmm. they're going to use all of them. Um, 
Um, and I just find it crazy that just for my project, they were like, oh, okay, here's 16 CPUs, two GPUs, which are like $30,000 data center GPUs, and then like 128 gigabytes of RAM. And like a normal computer has like eight gigabytes of RAM. So just the sheer amount of resources they have and how easily they were able to just like allocate me that, I find uh, really crazy. Um, yeah, in general, like use of the computer is very strict because you, you have to specifically request a certain amount of resources, tell them what you're using it for. Um, and uh, what advice would you give to somebody who's interested in competing in a hackathon? Oh, I'd say just do it. <laughs> it's definitely a great experience, even if you don't finish like I did my freshman year. Um, it's a really fun and valuable experience for sure. Uh, just actually sitting down and like doing like a sprint like design competition is really great um, for even like future jobs. It's kind of similar to like what you would do in an actual job where you kind of just work on a project, submit it. <laughs> okay. Um, so I've got a couple fun questions. Just okay. To kind of just, um, so what has been your favorite thing that you've done in either all your classes or extracurriculars over your time at UF? Hmm. All of my extracurriculars or classes? Yes. Just like if you could like think of like one thing, what would it be? Hmm. I don't know. They're all very different. I definitely have had a few favorite classes. Um, I've had like three classes with my favorite professor, Dr. Jeremiah Blanchard, and I'm also doing research with him for the second time. So I'm very, he's like the faculty member that I'm like, you know, most involved with. Um, and I've really liked his class last semester I took with him called um, Artificial Intelligence for Video Games. The name's a little misleading. It's not mach machine learning. It's like base level artificial intelligence, like finite state machines, which are just like what you'd expect like a video game, like NPC to be like. Um, yeah, I'd say I, I really enjoyed that class. That was super fun. And our final project was like this little game and you'd have to like program a, a robot and it was like a tank battle game. And okay. fly off in a competition and there was a whole tournament and ranking system and stuff. I'd say that was really fun um, for, that's probably, yeah, that was probably my favorite class overall. Um, in terms of extracurriculars, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I really had fun coordinating Swamp Hacks. I feel like the team that coordinated Swamp Hacks was just very close-knit. Um, so that was really fun because we were just like the family, like working on this thing, uh, managing this event together. Um, I'd say that was my favorite extracurricular. Okay. And so what's next? Like post-graduation, what are your plans? Um, so after graduation this May, um, I will be going to Microsoft. I interned there previously and I'm going to be returning there as a full-time employee, as a software engineer, and I will be working in Seattle, Washington. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to be going on August 1st. And there you have it. Thank you for listening to the AI in Action series on the Streaming Science Podcast. Make sure to follow and reach out to us on Facebook at Streaming Science, Twitter at Streaming underscore SCI, and Instagram at Students Streaming Science. I'm your host, Lauren. Thanks for listening. And for more information, visit the links in the show notes.